Good evening. If you will, let's turn to John 12. Look at Lord's call to repent there in Hosea 14. I wish I'd follow that day when I was studying. <laughs> it goes well with what we'll see here in a little bit. John 12. We're going to turn a little bit tonight, but that'll be good. Keep us engaged, I hope. There's some things that I won't apologize for, but it might be kind of hard to hear. Needs hear. Needs heard. <laughs> Needs to be heard, especially as young people. Somebody's got to tell them. Send me, I'll do it. We'll turn a little bit, but hopefully the Lord will be with us and show us some things. Just a reminder, this weekend have a one message on Sunday at 1030. Services start at 1030. We'll meet here then, and we'll have a meal following and bring what you like. And I'm sure there'll be plenty. But John 12, Tyler's message is a sheep and a goat. A sheep and a goat. We see this so clearly here, and, and what the end state is of both. Of a sheep and of a goat. Everybody wants to be the goat in our generation. And people say, oh, you ain't nothing but sheep. Isn't that fitting? Isn't that just anti-Christ? It's so. <laughs> I'm going to be the greatest of all time. I'm the goat. Yeah, so says you. Oh, what sad things. Here in this, we'll see the sheep. A sheep, one sheep of the Lord's. There's commitment and contentment. There is commitment. Not the word of commitment. There is the verb of commitment. There's committal and contentment. You'd be happy. Happy is the man that do these things. Is he lying? He wasn't lying, was he? He's happy. She's happy. We'll sit Mary. And there's a goat here. Contentious. Button. But, 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 but. <laughs> Lord wasn't joking on that either, was he? <laughs> I say things to go, but. <laughs> Quit it. I'm just telling you what he said. There's contention and division. There's contention and division. A sheep, there's commitment, contentment. With a goat, there's contention and division. Let's read these first eight verses here. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus, which had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. They were made, there they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. When someone's worshiped the Lord and they know him at great cost, you can smell it in that house. <laughs> that odor, it permeates, not religion, not quoting much about scripture and drowning people in religion. The odor of forgiveness and love and contentment and happiness, it fills that house. That's the theme. That's what that house smells like. Verse 4, Then saith one of his disciples, a chosen disciple, one of the twelve. This ain't on accident. This one didn't slip through the gates. Okay? Well, we didn't know that. Wasn't a sheep. That didn't happen. This was prophesied. Then saith one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? 
all the commentaries pretty agree that this would have been a year's wage for how much is that? Well, however much you make in a year, it's that much. That ought to put it in perspective to us, doesn't it? How much you make at your given occupation, that's how much this spike, very costly. And he says, why? But, but, but what are you doing? Why? Was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? We could have done something better with it than glorify God with it. This he said. I could have stopped there. I'll get to it. I don't want to get ahead of my notes. That's the first point that just comes to mind. Why is he getting all the glory? You're acting like that spikenard's nothing. You're acting like 300 pence. That just sounds like we hear English, don't we? Pennies. That's th- he ain't worth 300 pennies. To most people, he's not. To most, 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 to most people, he's not. We could have gave that to the poor. I know something better we could have done for that. And as he said, not that he cared for the poor. Here's the second, the true point of it, because the Lord tells us. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. He was a thief. Is that what it says? It says he was a thief. And he had the bag. He was the treasurer. And bear what was put therein. He had it all. He carried it. It was his possession. Possession's nine-tenths of the law, isn't it? We'll see that in a minute, too. Then said Jesus, let her alone. You sheep. You ain't got no defenses. Your defender comes and says to your enemy, Leave her alone. Leave her alone. She's mine. Don't you touch her. Don't you talk to her. Don't you say nothing bad about what she's done. She's mine. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. (laughs) Leave her alone. You get that? Touch not mine anointed. Do my prophets no harm. That means his prophets and anointed might be two separate people. Might want to be careful. That's the Lord's property. He said, leave her alone. Shut your mouth. That's what he said. Let her alone. Against the day of my burying hath she kept this. Six days left. That's all it was. Wasn't it six days of the Passover? He, our Lord came in human flesh, and he's going to be on this earth six more days. What if you had six days left to live? Did you get an oil change in your truck? Who cares? <laughs> Did that spike hard to cost a whole year's salary? What kind of interest rate do I have on my mortgage? Who cares? She had her Savior with her in human flesh for six more days. And she wasn't going to be there when they buried him, so she went ahead and anointed him anyway. <laughs> Nicodemus was going to come then. Wasn't we'll get to that months down the road, but. He said, let her go, let her alone. Against the day of my burying, that's what was on her mind, hath she kept this. For the poor, those poor you say you care about, he's talking about the financially poor, not the spiritually poor. Uh, Judas was. The Lord says, for the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. And that's a word to the believer too. We'll have our brethren with us always. There'll always be a brother or sister with us. If we're his, he'll, he'll gather us together. He'll fitly frame us together if he's telling the truth. And I think he was. So I tell you that. We'll always have this. Boy, it's a special time if the Lord's with us. He's with us always, but boy, if he meets with us. Here on a Wednesday night in Hamul, California. Wouldn't that be precious? I don't know. Honda's got a new SUV coming out. The foosball game's on. Oh, <laughs> Leave us alone. We'll go hear about the Lord, ain't we? 
Leave her alone. The poor you always have with you, but me you have not always. That's what he's telling Judas. Mary was committed to Christ only. And with that commitment, when she committed <laughs> against that day, because he first committed to her, when she saw that, what he's done for her, she was in lock, stock, and barrel. That's what we looked at last week. And there was contentment. She's happy. She didn't care what Judas was saying. She said, the Lord was right there. Well, she cares. She don't care. Turn over to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. This made me think of another man that the Lord worked in. And this same thing happened to Mary. It wasn't no different. Nothing's happened different between me and you. Here in Mark 5 verse 1. And they came over unto the other side of the sea and into the country of the Gardenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. He was living among dead folks. Is that you? And no man could bind him. No, not with chains. You ain't going to stop me from doing what I want to do. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and handcuffs and chains. And the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. Nobody talks sense in this fellow. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Every knee. Is that all, most? Every knee. And cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus? Thou Son of the Most High God, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Who was speaking? An unclean spirit was speaking. Fell down and worshipped him. What did, a, what did a demon do? Worshipped him. Why? He knows he's God. He has to. What did Satan do? He reported like a private to a general to the Lord. He showed up. Lord asked the questions. He wasn't asking the questions. Lord was running the show. He wasn't running the show. He was bound. That's his, his devil. That's his dog. He said, well, I can't do nothing unless you let me. <laughs> for he said unto him, verse 8, For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered and said, My name is Legion, for we are many. Have you ever acted like you was worshiping God before and you was just full of nothing but a whole bunch of unclean spirits? Would you play in religion? And he besought him that him much that he would not send them away out of the country. That we, we still got work to do here. Now there was there nine of the mountains a great herd of swine feeding and the devils besought him saying, send us unto the swine that we may enter them. And forthwith Jesus, Jesus gave them leave. He said, go. And the unclean spirit went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000, and they were choked in the sea. They were drowned. You ever had a couple unclean spirits? The Lord came into this earth to save sinners. Sinners, I'm chief. I got more than 2,000 running through me. Mm. And they that fled the swine fled <laughs> and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what... That what was done, and they come to Jesus to see him that was possessed, and see him that was possessed with the devil that had the legion, and he was sitting 
and clothed in his right mind. He was where was Mary? She was seated, seating at his feet, clothed. He was naked, wasn't he? Well, did the Lord have a suitcase with him? He robed him in righteousness. <laughs> if he robed him in righteousness, he can, he can scrounge up some clothes, I'm sure. Clothed, sitting in his right mind. Not in that crazy mind that was worshiping some man, fella named Jesus. This is the Almighty God in front of him. He was just sitting there. Y'all want a hot dog? Believers can eat hot dogs. Believers can be vegan too, you know. <laughs> it's okay. He's just sitting there at the campfire waiting on them. And they were afraid. Oh, they were scared to death. And they that saw it told them how he befell to him that was possessed of the devil and concerning the swine, and they began to pray him. Oh, they prayed to God, didn't they? They began to pray to him to depart out of their coasts. What rebellion. What stupid thinking. That's us by nature. Get away from there's the one that this man can heal the sick and raise the dead. <laughs> That's just the physical stuff. A good good common sense ought to think, let's keep him near. They said, Get away from us. Get away from us. Verse 18, and when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Lord, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna go wherever you go. A house ain't worth nothing. Uh, uh, family ain't worth nothing. Uh, forsake my mother and father and my wife and my children, and who cares? I know you. You are eternal life. I'm going to be where you're going to be. Think the Lord did a work in that man? That's a sheep. See, see the difference? Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends. And tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. And how he had compassion on me. Compassion. How could he have compassion? I was in a sore state of affairs and I didn't deserve it. I was full of 2,000 demons is what I was. But God, who's rich in mercy, came had compassion on me. Cast them out of me. Gave me a robe of righteousness and a life and a heart. And a desire to be with him. Verse 20, and he departed. He obeyed. <laughs> If there's true faith, there's obedience. Go hand in hand with it. North, south. He departed and began to publish in the capitalists how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. I bet they did. People marvel in this county. I tell them what Jesus done for me. What the Lord Jesus Christ does for his people. Not what I did for him. People say, well, you serve the Lord. Oh, man, that must be great. You've done so much for for God, I ain't done nothing for him. <laughs> nothing. I ain't done nothing. I'll tell you what he's done for me, though. That's something. There's one thing needful. He's that one thing. We need. We have needs in this world, too, don't we? The Lord gives us clothes. We put them on. The Lord gives us food, and we scoop it to our mouth, don't we? He gives us air and lungs and a heart that breathes, and we go, <gasps> and we breathe his air, don't we? We have to pay the light bills. We have to keep food in the fridge. We have to render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. Tax time's coming. Don't cheat on your taxes. <laughs> Lord covered that, didn't he? Get, that's Caesar. Give to give Caesar what Caesar. It ain't nothing. Caesar's just holding the Lord's money, isn't he? Mary worked hard. She worked real hard. Because it said in, that, in our text it was very costly, wasn't it? 
that Spikenard. She went out for a whole year and worked and took everything she earned, saved up, got that Spikenard, and just poured it on his feet every last drop of it. Lord, you are worthy. This ain't nothing but oil. whoop de doo You're everything. It's good to work. Did you know that? Turn over to 2 Thessalonians 3. 2 Thessalonians 3. Paul was writing at that church of Thessalonica. They had been there before visiting with them, and he was just reminding them of everything he said before. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 6. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which he received of us. Those people that I, Paul got up and preached and said, no, this here is just plain, okay? And people said, I'm doing the exact opposite of everything that comes out of his mouth. If he says wear blue, I'm wearing red. If he says turn left, I'm turning right. He said, be careful, just distance yourself from them. Distance yourself, that's, that's strong, isn't it? Our Lord said that, let them alone. Oh, what a frightening thing that is. For ye yourselves know how ye ought to follow us. For we behaved not ourselves disorderly among you. We weren't there acting a fool in front of you. Neither did we eat any man's bread for nothing, but wrought it with labor and travail night and day, night and day, that we might not be chargeable to any of you. So you didn't hold nothing over our heads. You didn't think we was out for profit. We're going to see all this building. I'm laying a foundation here. Night and day. All night long we studied. All day long we made tents. We worked. And then, too, they worked to provide a message, didn't they? They labored for a message. They studied for a message to have to give those people. And if they, somebody gave them bread, I'll tell you what, they earned it. <laughs> Some travail at night. And everybody else was sleeping tight in their beds and they was dreaming about it. They labored night and day that we might be not be chargeable to any of you. Not because we have not power. We could just say, you're going to give us enough to eat because we're preaching to you but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. Now, what good is an example if nobody follows it? <laughs> One or two will follow, won't they? For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. If they won't work. It doesn't say if they can't work. Is There's a whole lot of people that can't work in the body. What we call a given occupation, they physically can't do it. I tell you what, they work. They pray. Sheep pray. They listen. They cry out to God, don't they? They cry with their brethren. They rejoice with their brethren. That's, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to do those things, isn't it? But those that would not work, don't feed them. Don't feed them. That's just plain. Is it? If they won't work, don't feed them. If you don't work in my house, you forward. I ain't going to feed you. <laughs> Forward movement or no more beans and rice. That's just right. Now them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. And eat their own bread. I'm sorry, verse 11. For we hear that they are some <clears throat> which not walk among you disorderly, working not at all. What happens to those but our busybodies? They just sit around and talk about it. I don't want to talk about doing stuff. I want to do stuff. And you, I don't want to talk about going fishing. I want to get on a boat and go fishing. I want to do this. Get after it. Get after it. 
Mary got after it. She didn't talk about getting a thing of spikenard to anoint our Lord's feet, did she? No, she went and worked and got a thing of spikenard. That's so. We work until we die. <laughs> we work until we die. We do the works of our Father. That's what our Lord said. He said, if you don't do the works of my Father, you ain't going to life in you. But his children, they do righteousness. They believe Christ. They love brethren. Love's a verb. They do it <laughs> until they die. They don't stop doing it. Like I said, I'm laying a foundation. They don't retire from the gospel. Well, that's over now. That was a season. They do it until they die. One more. Uh, this was, I saw this. Turn over to Genesis 3. What we say at funerals? Everybody knows that. If I stop somebody, it's five people on the street. You think four of them can tell me? What do you say at funerals? Well, from, from dust to dust, right? From dust to dust. That's, that's, that's the second half of the sentence. Look here in Genesis 3, verse 19. The Lord told Adam, Genesis 3, 19, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the dust of the ground. You're going to sweat to have bread till you die. What's one of the most popular things in our culture right now? Fire. Financial independence, retire early. That's our goal, isn't it? <laughs> Quit working. Work so hard you ain't got to work no more. The Lord said you're going to work till you return to the ground. That's a continuation of thought there, isn't it? Semicolon, for out of that was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. We are dust. Anyway, and a, and a gospel that costs you nothing ain't worth nothing. There's going to be sacrifice. There's going to be sacrifice. What our brother just read, there's going to be a sacrifice from idols. That might make a little bead of sweat roll. I've been doing that my whole life. There's going to be a little sacrifice of, of, of our righteousness. Well, now, I did good things when I was little. Oh, there's another little bead of sweat starting. <laughs> you're going to eat Christ. You're going to sweat out all them demons that was in us ain't we? until we die. And you ain't going to get over it. People think they can just get so, so holy that they're above things. No, we're not. We're dust. We're dust. Christ is all. We're dust. Abraham said, I'm dust. Jacob said, I'm dust. What did David say? He's dust. Isaiah said, oh, I'm, I'm nothing. Look at me. I'm like a molecule of dust. Peter, Paul, Mary, <laughs> where was she at? In the ground <laughs> where the dust is by his feet. And every, every sheep everywhere, we're just dust. That's all we are. And, and, and we'll, Paul was probably a, a sports fan. Everything was boxing and racing and wrestling, and wasn't it? We press towards the mark. We run the race. <laughs> Detain Christ. Anything it takes. Abraham answered, said, Behold, now I've taken upon me to speak in the Lord, which I am dust and ashes. I am nothing. Serve my Lord's nothing. Mary served. She worshiped. She anointed. She believed. And it wasn't at a something more important. Do you know that? Those six days left. What if she had a soccer game going on? What if family was coming in town? What if something more important like a, a land she'd bought or oxen she hadn't ever seen or, or a, a, a spouse? Well, i got to take them and get them fitted for some new clothes. And No, she was there where the Lord was, wasn't she? That's where she was. That's not what Judas was doing. Judas wasn't going to do that. That's the sheep. That's what sheep do. <laughs> you're going to copy them, and that's all you're going to do. That's a good thing to copy. That's what sheep do, isn't it? Judas wasn't going to do that. Back in our text there in John 12. 
Here's the goat. John 12, verse 3. Then Mary took a pound of ointment of spike and are very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the odor of ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? And he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. Why are, we, why are we spending the church's money on this? He's a thief. Thief. That's somebody that steals stuff. That's not good. A thief. And had the bag and bear. What was it? Over in Mark 14. It says there was some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of ointment made? She just wasted that. That was serving and anointing our Lord. The heart said, that's a waste. Why, why are you doing that? You know how much printer ink costs? <laughs> Got bulletins back there, stacks of them, don't we? A lot of black ink. That's a waste of money. Why y'all do it? Can't you just email it? That's a waste. They said it was a waste. Lord said, I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, because he doesn't change. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob... Are we Jacobs? Are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me. Repent, he says. And I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, where shall we return? And the Lord said, will a man rob God? You going to rob him? Said Judas was a thief, didn't he? A man robbed God. He said, yet you have robbed me. But ye said, where have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. In sacrificial support. And in love. That's how we robbed him. Well, you, you got to give 10%, and then you have to kill two lambs a year, and those things. I ain't what he's talking about, is it, Mike? No. Remember that widow went through two mites in? The Lord sat there and watched her. How much she gave. No, that's not what it says. How she gave. How she gave. How she gave. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe. You pay a tithe of mint and of anise and of cumin. Cumin's pretty popular in this culture around this area, isn't it? It tastes delicious. It's so tiny. It ain't big as a minute, isn't it? They pay tithes of that. Scoop out a tablespoon, you take one-tenth up, put it over there. That's for the house. Boy, they watch that small stuff. They mind their pennies, don't they? And have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. <laughs> You've skipped over that part. These ought ye have to done. And not to leave the other undone. Do both of them. But you're blind guides. There's people that's guiding folks. They've got the nerve to stand up and tell people and instruct people and turn their minds to things. He says you're blind. Which strain, I love this, strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. They say a little gnat flying. How many wings they have? I don't know. You can't see them. You're squinting. What's that little tiny stuff? You see that little tiny stuff? And the whole time they're going and they're swallowing a whole camel. Why was Judas so concerned? Why was he straining at this gnat? Well, first off, why is the Lord worth that much? Because it says over Mark, it's a waste, isn't it? It's a waste. He didn't think highly of the Lord. He valued worldly things more than he valued heavenly things. And the heavenly thing, that holy one of Israel, is sitting right there. Mary sat at his feet this whole time while he said it's a waste of money. 
Why was he so concerned about that 300 pence? I'll tell you what it was. It messed his retirement plans up. I'm not joking. I'm serious as cancer on that. He had a plan. He had a rolling balance in his head. You know why he had 30 pieces of silver? It was providential. It fulfilled the scriptures. That's how much he needed to get, get his retirement place. That's what it was. That's why he's so mad. He was a thief. He was stealing. And he had an exit strategy from this gospel work. Melchizedek. That's who our Lord's a high priest after the order of Melchizedek who has no beginning and no ending. There's no ending. To typify that, the Levites, they had a high priest. The Lord appointed a high priest that year. And that was a lifetime appointment, wasn't it? A lifetime appointment. The servants of the Lord that preached his word, his prophets, it was a lifetime appointment. Is anything different in our day? If, if I'm the Lord's, I have a lifetime appointment. I'll do it till I physically can't do it anymore or I die. I thought of Gene Harmon first thing. That man preached till he couldn't stand no more. Scott Richardson had bags on him and everything else, all kinds of surgeries. Had, had most, half his insides was on the outside, and he preached so he couldn't stand no more. That was a lifetime appointment, not Judas. He had an exit strategy. He's going to sell the Lord, sell anything he could, and then he's going to go off in the sunset and buy him a good patch of land, probably lease some of it out, you know, make a good living, go on vacation every now and then. He's going to leave the gospel, retire from the gospel. To serve himself. Turn over to Acts chapter 1. I'll show you this. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 verse 15. And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of names together were about 120. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs be have been fulfilled, which by the Holy Ghost which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Part of it. Part of it. He got to stand up and talk. He got to be seen in men. He hadn't entered into it. He hadn't experienced it. He received part. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity. Scriptures say those children of Baal, they love the wages of unrighteousness. He had a reward of iniquity, what he thought was doing good. And falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and his bowels gushed out after he tried to hang himself. And it was unknown unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch it was known unto all the dwellers in, in Jerusalem, insomuch as the field is called in their proper tongue a keldma, that is to say, the field of blood. Turn over to Matthew 27. People say, well, now, something else. He threw the money down, didn't he? Well, let's see. <laughs> he did. Peter said he bought that field. That's what the money was. He earned it. He went and earned that money, and that money he earned by doing something with wicked hands was used to purchase something. Matthew 27, verse 3. When Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, he said, oh, man, I'm in trouble now. Repented himself. He, did the Lord repent him? Did the Lord turn him? That's what was over in Hosea, wasn't it, Bob? Did the Lord give repentance? No, he repented himself. He turned inside and said, well, like Esau went to his daddy 
And say, ain't there a blessing for me? Oh, bitter tears. He wept. He didn't go to the Lord. What did that prodigal son say? He didn't say, Daddy, please take me back. He said, I sinned against the holy God, and you watched me do it. <laughs> against thee and thee only have I sinned. No, he repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. I'm going to give this back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make repentance of my own, repentance of my own. I'm going to fix this. And saying, I have sinned and I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what's that to us? What do we care? The world don't care. Did you know that? They don't care. They said, see thou to it. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, well, it's not lawful for us to put that in the treasury because it's blood money. It's the price of blood. Well, how holy and good they are, isn't it? And they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. You know what? He was talking about that field. We ought to go ahead and buy it. They already got it settled down to how much money, and right there lays the money. We'll just bury dead folks in it. Therefore, the field is called the field of blood unto this day. He came to those people, and he said, I've done something bad. I want you to take this money. Help me undo the wrong I've done. And he had no defender. No defender. He wanted to retire and buy this patch of land. He saw, oh, this was terrible. I've done something wrong. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to make it right. And they said, what's that to us? We, don't, we ain't taking sides with you. You're on your own. Do what you want. Judas sought the pity of religious folks, and he repented himself. That's what he did. And then we see that the Iscariot psalm, some theologians call it, Psalm 109. The king betrayed. And there was 30 curses listed in Psalm 109, one for each piece of silverware. It was prophesied. That couldn't be undone. Did Judas cry out to the Lord? Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. I'm sin. That's all I am. Forgive me, Lord. He didn't. He went to the organized religion, didn't he? Judas would have condemned Mary if she'd only poured half that. Don't forget that. There's jealousy and envy. He didn't want her to have it. He wanted what she had, and he didn't want her to have it. If he couldn't get it, if she'd have poured half that, he said, well, now, that's the Lord. You should have used all of it. <laughs> Self-righteousness. That's our flesh, isn't it? Isn't that what we are? Are we that way? Good, bad, or ugly, no matter which way you turn it, no matter what the situation, what content, what the smell is, if I'm left to myself, I'm nothing but pure evil and wickedness. Is that you? But God, <laughs> but God, who's rich in mercy. Brother Dom had wrote this years ago, one sentence. He said, I can see only one real difference. Judas betrayed the Lord once. Now, he popped off at the mouth several times, got told to hush. He betrayed the Lord once, didn't he? Peter betrayed him three times before the crow squawked, didn't he? The only real difference I see between Peter and Judas is the blood of Christ. Who maketh thee to differ? Now, where does that leave us? Do we get on our high horse and say, well, no, we got the right doctrine. We got, now, we got the right thing. <laughs> oh, that's a new heart he gives. A humble heart. You can't fake humility. C.S. Lewis said, he said, the most self-righteous thing a man could do is strike the pose of humility. Well, I'm just, I'm so humble. <laughs> Hogwash. We need the Lord, don't we? We need to be at his feet. Who cares about this world? 
He's the one thing needful. Whether I'm working, if I'm at work, he's the one thing needful. Or I'm studying, he's the one thing needful. No matter what we're doing. Judas looked for a defender, couldn't find one. What's our great shepherd do? He defends the sheep. He defends the sheep. He said unto him, let her alone against the day of my burying hath she kept this. Don't you touch her. Did Mary say, Lord, defend me? No, she's just worshiping. <laughs> I'm sure there's a day she's done that. She's cried that too. He defended her. She didn't have to say a word. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? That mankind's na nature is to go to other men and women and, and seek for them to give us comfort and them to give us assurance and them to give us hope. No, go to him. He's our assurance. He's our defender. He's our great hope, isn't it? And what a door opened. Our tender and gracious Lord gave. No man can accuse him. I was thinking that the other day. Uh, he went there and Mary fixed him dinner. Do you think he was a, a good house guest? Do you think he thanked her for cooking for him? You know better. We all just, we all just sit and listen to him and, and just say what he says, shouldn't we? Whatever he says is right. He's so gracious. That was an open door to him. He's told Judas, he said, for the poor, the poor always you have with you. He turned, he's, he's put it right in his lap, isn't it? He says, for the poor, he said, the poor you always got with you, but me you have not always. Bow, Judas. I say those Judases <laughs> that still possess 2,000 demons, bow to him. <laughs> Come to this great defender, this great shepherd of the sheep. Bow to him. Call on him while he's near. Seek him while he may be found. That great shepherd, he laid down his life for the sheep. Turn over to Mark 14. Mark 14. Verse 6 says, And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, ye may do them good. You can do that any time of the week you want. But me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. And that was a lot, wasn't it? Very costly. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. And I saw something just so precious. We, we've looked at this and, and faithful pulpits throughout the world, those that the Lord's made faithful, they look at this, they see what Mary's done, don't they? Do you know that she has been, she was here, and she will always be spoken of because she's the objects of the king's love. That's just amazing to me. She was an object of the king's love. Love. And he said, look what she's done. And we talk about this for eons. How could that be? He looks at us as my good and faithful servant. Because the Father looks at Mary and sees Christ. <laughs> and this was prophesied. I know that was, she loved him because he first loved her. But this is a picture of that bride of Christ spoken of. Spoken of throughout time. His bride loves him because of what, she, what he's done for his bride. And she serves him. She has hope. He's her only hope. 
Hope in him. Faith in him. Trust in him. Because he's everything. And that's what's going to be talked about. Why did the bride love him? Because he first loved her. Judas fulfilled all that the scripture said about him. Every jot and tittle, it was fulfilled, wasn't it? Mary fulfilled, and you Marys, and you Marthas, and you Lazaruses, fulfilled everything that the Lord put in the scriptures. You know that? Song of Solomon. It says, If thou knowest not, O thou fairest among women, go thy way forth by the footsteps of the flock, and feed thy kids beside the shepherd's tents. I have compared thee, O my love, to a company of horses and Pharaoh's chariots. Thy cheeks are comely with rows of jewels, thy neck with chains of gold. We will make thee borders of gold with studs of silver. Oh, it just gushes over his bride. Oh, we're going to talk about this bride forever. He says, while the king setteth at his table, my spikenard sendeth forth the smell thereof. What, where did Mary come up with all this spikenard? Uh, the Lord declared it in Song of Solomon 1, verse 12. <laughs> Where'd she get that? Where, where do you think she'd have told you? Now, I worked I worked for 18 months because I had to have six months of money put back so I could buy food so I could save 12 months. Oh, she said, Lord gave it to me. <laughs> he gave me a job and gave me the motivation to get up at, on time and get there and work hard while I was there, keep the boss happy and, he made the rain when it rained and sunshine when it sunshine. Kept me the whole time. That's his oil. So what I put it on his feet. That's what the Lord said. And that's what his sheep say. Isn't it? He said, while the king sat at his table, my spikenard, the king's spikenard, sendeth forth the smell thereof. Sendeth forth the smell. Mm. Do we get mad at him? You get mad at the Lord's people whenever they worship God and they give him all the glory and all the praise and the tithes and the offerings, the praise of lips. That's all we can give him, isn't it? Saying his praises, saying his names. The world gets mad. Why in the world are they down there? It's a Wednesday night. They, you know how much gas is? And they had to get there on time and, and, and shift their day back and do the grocery shopping a little bit early so they can get there. And then, boy, it's going to be dark when they go home. That's dangerous. That's dangerous to drive. <laughs> Lord will keep me forever. I think he can keep me through a... a, a Two hours of driving, can't he? The world gets mad. Goats get mad. Lord's people just say, boy, it smells good, don't it? Well, whose oil is that? Did you work hard for I didn't do nothing. It's his. He's did it. He's gave it all, hasn't he? He's gave it all. Judas, I was talking to him. I won't keep you no longer have to. I was talking to my pastor today. And I said, Judas was looking out for himself. He had a retirement plan when this gospel gig was over. I don't get that. I don't, if I retire from my op- occupation, I wouldn't divorce Kimberly and quit talking to my children. That's family. That's, that's who you love. You don't leave people you love like that. I'm of you. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. But I said, you know, all these things that the world looks for, and, and well, don't give up on this, and you can, you can experience that. What about your experiences in this life? And YOLO, <laughs> hogwash stuff. I have lacked. The Lord said, what have you lacked? Have you lacked anything? I haven't liked the thing, have I? I may, I may have to get bigger pants because <laughs> he just fed me so much. I haven't liked anything. Boy, he provides for us. And that smells good. That smells good. Not, it smells good to believers. don't smell good to goats, does it? Anyway, let's pray together. Father, thank you for this hour.